Welcome to The Unfiltered Mom. I'm Elizabeth Lewis, and alongside some of my dearest friends, we've created the show so women have a space to have unfiltered, extremely raw, and insanely real conversations. Nothing is off limits here. This space is for moms who want to talk about everything, to dive into conversations we all deeply desire to have, but fear what others may think of us. This is your invitation to pull up a seat in a judgment-free zone and have a little heart-to-heart. Now, let's get unfiltered. This is a Soul Fire production. In this episode, we're discussing what happens when plans fall through for yourself, with your spouse, with friends, or even that play date you were kind of sort of looking forward to. When the sitter cancels or a child gets sick, how do we bounce back? Motherhood is busy enough already. And when opportunities to nourish friendships or relationships fall through, it really is like a broken dream, something unreachable once again. Join us as we navigate at what age we can leave our kids home alone, why we keep saying yes to plans when we really want to say no, and how to stop feeling guilty for things that are out of our control. Broken dreams are to parenting fail. I promise you that. So let's get real about how to make that dream a reality. If you're ready, pull up a seat and let's get unfiltered. Welcome to The Unfiltered Mom. I'm your host, Elizabeth Lewis. And uh, this week, we are talking about the season of broken dreams (laughs) and why you guys all know what we're heading into, the sniffles, people thinking that if you're coughing, you have COVID or your kids have COVID or someone has COVID and there's just a lot happening. And so we're going to dive into that and I'm going to give it over to Brooke. But first, I want to read a really good review. So this review is coming from the new mama to be. And she says, as an expectant mom who also really cares about what's going on in society, I love that Detroit mom takes on real issues together with the content created. Not to mention, I'm really impressed by how well produced the podcast is. (laughs) Yes, that doesn't always feel true of local podcasts. Thank you for delivering quality conversation on a quality platform for Michigan mamas. Thank you. We appreciate you. We love it. We do love it. So I I appreciate I love. So if you're listening and you have not reviewed us yet, make sure you hop over and do that stat. Because we do have some good giveaways coming up too. So you want to make sure that you're leaving a review. All right. I'm gonna give this over to Brooke because we we were actually talking about this. I was actually supposed to go to Brooke's house on Friday for pizza and movie night. And Brooke texts me in the morning. Well, first I text her. Actually, this is a great conversation starter because I text her. I said, my husband has the sniffles and some people are really weird. So I didn't know if Brooke was weird like that, where she was like, uh, don't come over to my house if you have the sniffles or anything happening. So I reached out to her and she says, actually, I'm on the way to the pediatrician because Indy might have hand, foot and mouth. And I was like, oh, yikes. That's... <laughs> Well, my husband's cold, got nothing on hand, foot, mouth. So, um, and I bring this up because I don't know if you're the parent that falls in this. When, when someone shows up to your house and they're not feeling well, you're like, uh, why are you here? Or are you someone that's like, eh, it's going to happen. I really don't care. So, you know, I'll give it over to Brooke because this is a great topic starter. Take it from here, Brooke. Yeah, that was kind of how you even prefaced the conversation. You were like, I don't know if this matters to you or not, but my husband has the sniffles, which is such an interesting conversation, right? Post 
COVID, well, not really, it's just here to stay, but you know what I mean. Post quarantining, isolating, being by yourself for long periods of time. You know, that I don't think I would have given two thoughts about someone having the sniffles or even a cold or thought about canceling. And then once COVID was introduced, it's like, oh my gosh, you rubbed your nose. Does it tickle? Are you going to sneeze? Like, do you have COVID? <laughs> and you just were so like hyper vigilant about it. Right. And so now you have to preface mm-hmm. all these conversations and outings and play dates with, I mean, um, kind of like a slightly runny nose. And you're like describing the color of the mucus. Like that's, uh, it's just, it's gotten insane. But anyway, my daughter ended up having hand, foot, and mouth, so we had to cancel anyway. But I called it the season of broken dreams because I feel like when you have a child and I have multiple children, you can have the best intentions of having this like vibrant social life and having friends and having deep connection and conversation and like your kids playing with their kids and forming bonds and it's so beautiful in your head and then someone vomits or someone has hand foot and mouth or someone gets covid and it's like damn it i <laughs> cleared my schedule i like bought the snacks i cleaned my house or maybe you didn't whatever and then it gets canceled at the last minute. And I, you know, I don't know about the rest of you, but I'm truly the person that tries to get something else back on the calendar right away. Because if not, then I can kind of get in this mentality, especially as winter creeps up and it gets dark of like, I just, this feels too hard. This feels too hard. I tried. You guys, you know, I love you because I invited you to my house and then I disinvited you. So I tried <laughs> like A for effort. I don't know. I don't know what to do now. <laughs> and then I, I feel like it affects friendships. Tell me more about that. Why do you feel like it affects friendships? Because I think, at least in my experience with my friends of multiple children, it almost feels like, what's the point? Right? Like when really? you make plans and then your kids get sick in this season or, you know, You've got friends with two working parents and you know like how inconvenient it is if there's a sick kid at home. Like I I know sometimes for me, even if my kid is just sniffling because it's cold outside and their nose is running, right? Like I feel a, a diligence to tell friends, especially with two working parents, because I I've heard their struggles of, okay, I've got a sick kid at home. Now I'm trying to balance work or I can't take time off. And it feels like it's not even really about the sickness. It's about the domino effect that sickness can have Mm. in the household. And so I don't ever want us to be the cause of someone else's burden. I don't know. Like it, it feels really personal all of a sudden. Like sickness doesn't just feel like sickness anymore. I feel like post COVID, it's like this could impact your life for weeks and you could have to balance a toddler and phone calls and Zoom meetings and I will just be filled with guilt. Like, I don't know. It, life is hard and it's the most Monday, Monday ever right now. So I'm a little emotional. Well, no. And I think it's that what happens is people go, you're like, oh yeah, you were with them and you had the sniffles. Then you see them Monday and they're like, yeah, so I'm sick now. What kind of symptoms did you have? Like really passive aggressive. And you're like, excuse me, I did not get you sick. (laughs) Yes. But it's legit. I even think I, I feel like I have to preface everything with it's not COVID. Right. Yeah. You guys, it's not COVID. Yeah. I swear it's the allergies. It's not COVID. I don't know if anyone else feels like that, right? Yeah. No, it's so interesting. Like for me, I feel like I do get, we get a little bit more 
I want to say like safe or stay in more, but like pay real close attention to when someone gets sick or try not to go around others because my husband is immunocompromised. So like my youngest son had RSV and maybe he was just like real sick for like half a day or a day. Right. But then like my husband got it and he was sick for three months, like, <laughs> like it hit him really hard. So when it comes to like COVID and things like that, I know that we like keep an extra little eye on that a little bit, but it gets depressing. Like I work from home, so I don't see people as much as I'd like to, or go out and try to see my friends because I'm a little, a little farther away from y'all. So I don't get to see you as much as I'd love. And, and like, it's hard in the winter because like, it's, do we want to drive in the snow if it's snowing or anything like that? Like you, you make those decisions. So I get that whole like winter blues or seasonal affective disorder. I couldn't even think of it, but I knew Brooke was like thinking it in her head out loud. (laughs) But I definitely have feelings of that, like where I'm like, oh, I want to go out and like hang out with my friends and, you know, do something and see people. So I try to make it a point, but yeah, we just take it day by day over here. (laughs) I don't want to hang out with people. I want to be left alone. (laughs) Um, I love Charmaine. I want to hang out with you. I I love winter because everybody's inside. Everything has died, hibernated or left and it's peace and quiet. This is why I love winter. There is no activity other than the falling snow or the wind whistling. So poetic. Everything died. (laughs) (laughs) Like her social life. It takes a lot to get me out of the house because that's my warm and fuzzy spot. Like I don't have to expel any more energy. This is why working from home is perfect. If I had to work outside of the home, I probably would be fired for being late. Cause even when I worked in office, I was late all the time. Like y'all should just be happy. I even came in like, let's, let's be clear on that. <laughs> let's be clear. Didn't want to get out of my house this morning. So for me, it's a bit different, especially when it comes to kids and illnesses. My oldest son has seizures. So we couldn't go anywhere anyway. And that's, that could be where, like, we couldn't go anywhere anyway, because it was like, when he was younger, it was easier to maintain. Like he would have an episode, we can take him. But when he got to be like six foot two and a muscular, like 175 pounds and this brother fall out on the floor and you're trying to, I'll just stay home at this point. I'll just stay home because it's just easier for me to stay home than to focus on that. And then he was kind of immunocompromised. So if your kid got something, then he got it. But then because he was on the spectrum, he didn't like, he didn't handle it the same. It was, it was just painful. So we just stayed home. And I think a lot of people feel that way too. If you have a child with high medical needs, you just stay home anyway, because going out in public is an entire job and it's painful. Um, I don't want to say painful. It's just really inconvenient. And so I could never get until we had our youngest son, parents that were like, oh, you know, my entire social life. And I'm like, shit, what social life? Like what? You get to, you got to hang out with other people? Like what? I didn't get hanging out with other parents until my younger son was born. I had never hung out on the blacktop because the special needs kids, typically the other parents don't talk to you. It's like your pariah out on the blacktop. So nobody really talks to you. Nobody really communicates with you. 
this was my experience. They just kind of like, okay, her kid is the kid in that classroom or like, you know, so it's, you know, this is a whole new experience with my younger son and talking to other parents and having play dates. I'm like, why do y'all want to play? Like, why do you want to do Halloween? Like, why do we, can't we just be home? Like, why do you want to do this? Why are you so social? Why do you keep talking? It was like, no, no, I just, I just want to stay in my bubble because I know that's where it feels safe. But like, it wasn't until him that we got into the play dates. And then I had, he had mom friends that was like, oh, it's just the sniffles. Cool. No worries. Let's, let's just come over. Like there was never any real preface on like what was going on. I did because like you, Brooke, I didn't want my kid to be the reason why I didn't know you had somebody immunocompromised in your house. And now you're like calling me going, I can't come, you know, he can't come over to play because my oldest son is in an incubator somewhere. And I'm like, oh shit, Mason had to sniff. Like, you know, that's the scenario that I play in my, that I would yeah. play in my head. So yeah, but now he's older and he likes hanging out with dad more. So I don't have to do play dates anymore because it's all boy plays. <laughs> I will say that I do not like play dates either, though. Or kids' birthday parties, like at the. Like, I like play dates with my close friends, what? but I don't like play dates at, I like. No, I'm like, because they're the kids from the kids, class. <laughs> kids' birthday parties are like the germ cesspool. Did you see that episode of Bernie Mac where that little boy blew on the cake and all them germs see it? just like went everywhere? <gasps> but I look at kids' birthday. Like I just, I was at a kids' birthday party two weekends ago, and I was like, "This is so great! Like there are adults here mm-hmm. that I like. I can talk to them, and my children are entertained." And then everybody was helping with the baby. Like I could eat a meal with two hands and like cut it up with people. I, I loved it. Was it like family? No, it was it was like one of my best friends. Same I love it second birthday. Yeah. yeah, that's I feel that's a little different. But like when I went to like you go and you have to stand with the people that you don't know with all the random parents from the class, like that. And then like they're just all staring. Then you pretend like you're talking to your kid. <laughs> my kid was gone playing. And then I will say, like the last one, I was the only, I was the only like black person. So I was just standing there and I was Aww. like, everyone's staring at me, right? Like you just know. Like <laughs> so there was like some extra layers. Like, so no, but that's beside I, the I, point. <laughs> no, I get what you're saying. There is a distinct difference between people you know and people yeah. you don't know. Like I feel that way going to my son's soccer games. Like my husband is the outgoing one that'll talk yeah. to all the parents. And I just have our I have RBF, so nobody talks to me. Like I just nobody does. I'm so used to it. Everyone is always shocked. They're like, oh wow, you're nice. So what? Like, I, oh yeah. what? I didn't realize okay. That is so rude. <laughs> I'm that so used so to rude. it now. I'm just, I'm, I pray. Yeah, it's the same thing with me, bro. They're like, okay. oh, wow, we didn't know. Like, they will approach my husband first and then they come to me because my face is just like, yeah. I told my son, that's why I don't have lines in my forehead. You have to keep resting bitch face so you don't have the line in your forehead. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I need to go, we need to go back to this, this kid's birthday party thing, though. I just don't understand. You, we send our kids to school. No one's concerned about that, but a kid's birthday party. You know how I see it. My kid gets to go get energy out. All I had to do was buy a gift. They get to be with their friends. I can make new friends. Like it's great. Sensory overload for me. Oh yeah. I'm okay with my kid. I just don't want to go. I just don't want to (laughs) go. I know that's like a whole nother etiquette. That's like a whole nother conversation. Like, do we drop our kids off? That's the thing, right? See, but I like it. 
I want to see who my kid's exactly. hanging out with. Like, yeah. what what you like? Mm-hmm. What are your parents like? I want to know. Mm-hmm. I'm doing recon. Like, what? Yeah, now my husband goes, <laughs> I, I don't like the sensory overload because I don't like small talk. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to tell you all my business. I don't know you. Why are you talking to me? She like a yeah, bolt. Why, why, are you, why are we talking? Because <laughs> we got two kids at the same party. I, mm. I don't I well I don't like small talk either but as soon as someone asks what I do then I get their whole life story I'm like okay here we go (laughs) oh my kid's not hanging out with you or you I like smaller gatherings it's just that it's a sensory overload for me and kids birthday parties there's noise they're running there's lights there's noise they're run like it this is too much it's too much for me to go to a party and so I'm happy he's older. And again, that his dad takes him now. Winning. Yeah. <laughs> y'all would be different, though, because y'all are friends. Like I said, it's it's when you don't know yeah. anyone at all. Like this random person from the class, like you don't know their parents. Like, I'm like, meh. <laughs> also, that makes me sad, Kanisha, that you felt like they were staring at you because you're the only Black person. Oh, it wasn't felt. It was a no. It was a definite no. Wow. Really? So I, I was just like, I sort of was like, okay, um, can Victor just stay here and I'll go, can I go run some errands? <laughs> and there were no other parents staying there and all the other kids were running around. So I was like, I guess it's okay for him to stay. Wow. This is a whole nother I came back in an hour. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's the other thing about, you know, this weekend too was my oldest. I mean, he... He could be a little socially awkward, which maybe he gets it honestly. But he had his like first real like play date with a kid from school. You know, he's played with my my friends' kids, you know, but this was like the first time he was gonna have like a classmate over. And we had tried for two or three weeks, this little boy's mom and I, and sickness, right? Kept delaying it. So I was like, this is it. It's happening. And then Friday, you know, Indy gets hand, foot, and mouth. And I have to text this little boy's mom. And I'm like, I can't, I don't want to do this to my son. Like, it's one thing for me to have to cancel plans. But like, he has been talking about this for weeks and has been so pumped. And for me, I'm like, this is such a monumental moment. Like, he's got this connection in class and I'm so excited. And this little boy's mom, you know, she was so chill. She was like, well, you know, maybe we can reschedule when she's feeling better. And then she texts me later. She was like, can he come to our house instead? I was like, yes. And he went over there and stayed over there for like four or five hours and had pizza with them and like had such a good time. And I was just really grateful for her flexibility and willingness to adjust. Like she didn't have to offer that. I mean, he still lives here. You know, she's technically, he could technically still be passing something along. But I was so grateful because I was dreading having to tell my son, like we had to cancel this. So it just, that's what I'm like. It's a season of broken dreams. It is. And like you were saying earlier, it's so hard, especially when everybody is working and are they have other kids or other things on their schedule. It's like when you find that pocket of where you can meet and then something happens, you're like, shit, like, can I catch a break? Like we've been looking forward or my child has been looking forward to this particular event. And now we have to cancel it. And that can just feel, that's like a loss in itself, right? Because you're, you've been planning for yes. it. Like you said, you may have got snacks. You may have even arranged for a sitter. Like if you have other kids, so this kid can have an individual time or whatever. 
And that can feel, for me, sometimes it feel like a parenting fail. Like, you know, I don't have things like you kind of take it on yourself, even though it's just this life thing that happens. You know, people get sick, you know, things get postponed and there's nothing you can do about that. But in this season of not being able to necessarily go outside and see people, it can be hard for some people to like say, okay, this is the one opportunity. It's not snowing. Like we're in Michigan. It's not snowing. There's no ice on the road. This would have been the perfect day. I don't know if this has ever happened to you. Then the next day, you the next date you guys choose, it's like snowing outside. <laughs> I still don't. I still Why don't when it's snowing as snowing? well, as long as there's not like sleet or anything like that. But if it's just regular snow, then yeah. you, you know, you get on getting your car. It depends on how hard it's snowing. Yeah. <laughs> guys, I'm probably you, still driving to you in the sleet. Well, I mm, no, I'm sorry. I am from Virginia. I do not understand why you guys do not drive in the snow. This doesn't make any Thank sense. You. Those roads are clear. In Virginia, if they call for snow, if there's like a dusting, everything yeah. is shut down. Nope. Everyone is terrified. They don't know how to plow streets. People don't know how to drive in it. I feel like Michigan has no excuse. <laughs> agree. Get in your car. I get nervous. Oh, oh yeah. Sure I'm gonna crash. Oh my gosh. You Brooke. Michigan drivers <laughs> Michigan drivers in the rain. Y'all don't know how to drive in the rain. You'll go 80 on the highway in snow and then it's raining and everyone's like 30 miles per hour. <laughs> that's when you, that's when your car will crash because of someone doing stuff like that. Anyway, Charmaine, you brought up a good point with the sitter. That made me think of all the date nights that I've had to cancel <laughs> or date nights that I've like had to end early because a kid was vomiting and we had to come home. That I feel like is the biggest disappointment so in this season of life with littles. It is because on a good month, we will get two date nights. Like, And that is like the stars align and we're able to work it out with our babysitter to get two that month instead of just one. And I feel crushed. Like my soul feels crushed if something comes in the way of that. I'm like, this was it. This was our opportunity to get out. And instead we can't. And usually when you have a sick kid, that's even more effort as a parent, right? It's more cuddles. It's less sleep and all the things. And you missed out on your one opportunity to connect. I will tell you this as they get older and you can start leaving people at home by themselves for like an hour or two and not worry about them burning down your house. Date night is fat. Look, Deuce, look, we finna go. Don't turn shit on. Don't open the door. Here's your cell phone. <laughs> Miss such and such is down the street. Like if you need something, like go down, go two doors down. Not hey, deuces, and then like we can go out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so there is hope. There is hope, Brooke. Even when like you get one that's the oldest, and they can, go- <sighs> there is hope. There is so much hope with that. Okay, it's, com- it's coming. It's coming. We're finally at that point where we can leave our oldest for like an hour or two. Like, and he has his phone and we, I say, stay in your room and lock the door and, you know, like an hour or two. And it's so nice. I'm like, oh, I don't have to drag everyone to the grocery store. Just like one person. Or if I have to run an errand. Yeah, I can't wait for them both to be old enough. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. I'm really waiting for him to be old enough for us to like leave him for a day. Like that would be great. That's like 16, 17. Come on through. Come on through. Like we can go like someplace overnight right now. He's like, I can do it myself. Ooh. I'm like, yeah, no, you can't do now. Yeah. How old is he? He's 12. He'll be 13 in February. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's, you know, that that's like a whole discussion in itself, you know, because I remember, I was babysitting when I was like 10 was or 11, I? like getting paid yep. to babysit. And now it's like, it's so interesting because you even think about it where, where Harper's 11 and I'll be like, don't tell anyone I want you stay home because people are like, you let your kids stay home. And I was like, yeah, she doesn't do anything, but text But how phone. are they supposed like, to, like, that's a skill. Like I, you know, I, yeah, I know I've talked about like being home by myself all the time, but being at home alone is a life skill set. It's like a life skill. You know, what do you do when you're home by yourself? How do you man, like, do you remember the rules? Like, and that's what I always tell my son. It's like all the rules that we've spoken about, this is where trust begins. If you fuck this up, your teenage years will not be golden. So let's think about choices and consequences and things that you're doing. Like, you know, it helps him to like be able to go, okay, I better not do this because I know this is like, it helps him to see that. I think staying at home by yourself is and like taking walks. If you have a safe neighborhood, walk to the store, go walk, like do that. That's a valuable life skill. And I also think it creates, it lets them know you trust them. Yeah. Like it also, you know, also is that piece. Like I trust you enough to stay home by yourself. We're also instilling that piece in our children too. It's not just, you know, like, hey, I want, I want to equip you with this life skill, but I also want to let you know that I really trust you to stay home. So baby, you got the house to yourself. So mama wishes she had. Okay. Yeah. Right. So, but you know, your daughter's 11. Yeah. My son's 11. So we just started like that couple of hours, right? All he's doing is same thing, texting or playing Roblox. But what we worry about, like, I'm like, you're eating all the bad snacks when I'm gone. Like how many ice creams did you eat? Like, honey, like I know I can't do it. I can't. I was like, when you throw up later, then you're my fault. But yes, I, I do like being at that point. In Michigan, there's not really like a law or an yeah. age limit. It just says as long as the child's mature right. enough, right? So you're good. But mm-hmm. I think something good to equip them with too, another piece. So Lauren went through like babysitter's training. And so you can actually take your kid. She did it through when Botsford was here and she did babysitter's training and learned all these life skills and then also the cool part is, so like, if I want to run to the store and say, I tell her, I'll give you two, you know, these days you can't be paying them 25 no, cents or even a dollar or two. You want to go to the store without all the kids, you better be paying her $5 an hour. Yeah. $5. And she thinks it's a steal. So I'm like, I'll take it. But, you know, making sure that we equip her with that if something happens, but my kids have no problem running to the yeah. neighbors for that. We've actually had to be like, you only run to the neighbors if somebody is choking. If or something's dying, on fire. <laughs> yeah, like don't don't go to them for things that you can't find. Like, you know, so it's been like lessons like that. But I think this is an interesting topic in itself because people have really strong feelings oh, on yeah. this. And so we'll have to come back to this. But I do think, you know, a lot of stuff you said, Brooke, about just, you know, going and making plans and then your kid's sick. I haven't, you know, in full transparency, I haven't really experienced that. Although when my kids say in the morning, my, I know I'm not kidding. Like it's going to happen this week, girl. You hear that? Mm. Not on wood, baby. But no. And here's the thing too. Like if I have plans and one of my kids sick, then, and then my husband's home too. And I also realize 
that that is a luxury too, where your husband is willing to stay with a sick child because not, you know, because I do hear this a lot. And I think this is actually a great conversation to have because it bothers me a lot when women are like, I can't go, my kid's sick. And I was like, is your husband home? And I get it. I get it. Some people are like, oh, my kid wants me and all this stuff. But what does that really say? Like, I don't know. I just think that there's so many things that just are so interesting to me. So if my child is sick and I have plans, like Joel said to me, he goes, if you want to go, you can go. This is before he was like, I'm not going to be mad because I know you're really looking forward to this. And I was like, we're supposed to be going as a couple. Like, why would I go to Brooks without you? Although I would, I'll go be her couch friend. Um, (laughs) But I'm not also not going to leave you because then I feel bad. But then I was like, well, you know, like, Let's still go to Brooke, but then Brooke's husband, he wants to hang out with you. I was like, but then I guess Brooke and I could hang out together and the kids could, hang, you know, like going through all these scenarios. But I have no problem if my kids are sick because I know when I come home, I'll be cuddling and snuggling them. But I do hear it a lot from moms. They're like, oh, I can't go. I can't, you know. And I also think sometimes it's a mm, excuse. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Would sometimes, like, I knew my husband would stay home. He's more than capable. He was in the military. Like, you know, it's not like he can't. If it was someplace I really didn't want to go to, I would go, oh, you know, yeah, my kid is sick versus like saying, I really didn't want to go in the first place, but my kid just gave me an out. Thank you very much, baby. And I've done that before. This is a whole nother conversation. I have been to therapy and I have grown and now I just say, I don't want to go. I am so proud of you. But back then, because of my disease, my niceness, I thought that somebody would be mad at me for not saying that I didn't want to show up. So I would make up something that Mm. felt like it would be easier to say than I just don't want to go or, you know, I'm just not interested. And I would use my kids. Like I used to use my kids for stuff a lot. And so, yeah, because, yeah, my husband would stay home. Now I'm in my head. I'm like, in my season of broken dreams, how many people were <laughs> lying to me and their kids were not sick? Or their kids were sick. Yeah, and but I think it wasn't that kid. And it was another one of the kids that could have been left at home with dad and the other kid could have come to play, right? Um, yeah. But what does that say about us as a society? Like, stop saying yes that to part. shit that you don't want to do. Like, I think it's, it's that, that part. part. Stop saying yes. Mm-hmm. That is so messed up. Because here, let's think about the trickle effect, though. Let's think about what it does to the person that, okay, you didn't want to hang out with them. Cool. Right. Totally fine, right? But that person made plans. That person booked and made reservations. So if you guys were going, they they bought the freaking snacks. They did all the stuff. And here you... Scrub can- their toilet. Yeah. And then you cancel on them for some bullshit reason. And they're over here like, I'm not calling you out. Can you, uh, you I'm, not worried. I'm just saying in general, people do this all the time. Instead of just being honest, if you don't want to hang out with that person, why say yes to them? And I'm bringing this up because I have a, one of my one-to-one clients told me today, she's like, I planned this thing four weeks ago and I invited 10 people, 10 of my friends. Like these are people she thinks are her, like these are people she believes are her friends. She said four of them canceled. They had a either better plans. They were like, oh, something came up in a plans. And she booked this thing that you have to pay she had to reserve the spot and you had to pay for your spot. Like, that's really shitty. It's just like a, a reminder, right? That why do we say yes to things and use our kids as excuses and cop-outs? And then I'm over here like, have I done that? No, because I, I don't think I have. And if I have, shit, I'm going to think about it tonight in the middle of the night, but I can't recall that I did because I don't want someone to feel bad. You know, like you said, it's the overbooking. and 
it's not just the overbooking. What I have discovered from my own life and the lives of women that I've worked with, it's this whole executive functioning piece that comes with being a mom. And so if you already have executive functioning challenges, things like planning and time are kind of lost, right? So you find yourself saying yes to a lot of things that you, if you would take a beat and really look at what you have going on time-wise and energetic-wise, you would go, yeah, that's going to be a no for me, homie. I, I don't have the space for it. But because things are always moving so fast in our worlds as moms anyway, a lot of us don't even have the planning skills, I feel, that are necessary to be moms. Like there's so much intricacies. Like you, you get it. You eventually get it because it's trial by fire. But yeah. the intricacies of, okay, what they call it, mom math, we have to be someplace at nine. So in order for us to get there at nine, I have to get everybody up by seven because I know this kid isn't going to put their shoes on. This kid's not going to want to eat breakfast and I'm going to have to fight. This one's going to have to go to the bed. Like, you know, it's this, this whole thing. And so a big part of it is accountability and responsibility. Yes, you know your life is crazy. Get that together. But the other part is nobody, like all of these parenting books really don't teach us how to get it together and to create these systems for ourselves that will allow our families to operate without us and smoothly for the time that we're in and making that space. So not giving an excuse, but the explanation as to why sometimes women say yes to things. Sometimes they're just being biatches and they didn't want to go anyway and they don't really like you and they don't like your kid. And so that is an absolute, that could be a possibility. But I know that is rude. But uh, the other part of it is, is that a lot of the moms I have encountered, they're genuinely like their hearts are like they love you. your kid, like they love the whole process, but they don't know what's going on five minutes from now until five minutes from now happens. And so Tuesday or four weeks ago, they're telling her, yeah, sure, that's great. But they haven't checked a calendar. They haven't checked like any of that stuff to see what could possibly be else going on. Sounds great. Yeah, I'll show up. And then I've done this. What happens is the closer it gets to the day, you realize, oh, shit, I've double booked. Okay, so how do I get out of this? Now I'm embarrassed that I've double booked and versus me woman up and going, hey, Elizabeth, I have overbooked. I know your events in two weeks. I am so sorry, but this thing with my kids is more important. I now feel bad. And I try to think of this insane delusional way that maybe I can do both things. Like, <laughs> that's like, it, I think, try to think of an insane delusional way that I can possibly do both things. And then when it gets to like the day before, it, it's like, okay, I can't do it. I, I, I can't, I, I can't do both things. So I'm going to have to cancel one. And most people, when most sane regular human beings feel bad when they've let something sit for that long and they're they're canceling at the last minute. It's the psychopathic moms that don't because they didn't intend on going anyway, but the majority of them feel bad. Did that make sense? I know I went off on a tangent. Yeah, it's just so though, how can we how can we say to moms like just say you you can't do it? Like that's the thing is I get Charmaine, what you're saying, and also this other side of it. And maybe I've just entered this era of my life that's just like, why are we committing to things that we do not want to do and continuously? Because really what it does, it it adds more stress to us because we didn't want to do it. Then 
we're pissed off at everybody around us because we've overbooked, we've overplanned, and it's not their problem. Yep. But we couldn't speak up in the first place. And let's be honest, you know, like I'm gonna go all woo here, but we and we know, like it's an inner thing. You know if you want to do that yeah. thing or not. Like, and 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 let's also be honest, if we really want to do it, we're gonna find a way, hell or high yeah. water, to do it. And so this is the thing I just wish as women, we could be so much more honest with ourselves, with each other, instead of, you know, if, if I can't, I'll tell you what, you know, maybe this is a crazy thing. I actually don't get asked to do a lot of things that I don't want to do. Well, yeah, it's a vibration, right? So mm -hmm. again, going woo, if I think about what energy I'm expelling out, then that energy is returned to me. And the probability of me getting invited to things that either conflict or don't align with how I'm operating don't typically happen anymore. But when I wasn't in that alignment, boy, I tell you, everything looked good and juicy. I had all these different things going on. I had to learn how to say a fast no and a slow yes, because I can always come back from no, mm. right? If I tell you no this week yeah. and I say, no, I can't make it. But then it comes to the, like maybe a couple of days before the day, you know, I say, hey, something opened up in my schedule. Is there still space for me? And you go, yeah, sure. Come on. It's always easier yeah. to jump back. And I had to learn that that is easier. Like, although it seems like saying yes is easier, it really isn't. Because trying to wiggle out of a yes is painful. It really it's is. really painful for the person that gave the false yes. And you have to like take that accountability and go, it is not easier for me to say yes. It is not easier for me to people please. Mm -hmm. It is easier for me to say either give me a day or two, like take that beat or not right now and kind of sit with it and then go, hey, okay, yeah, nope, it's not in alignment. And then let the person know, no, like that's actually the easier route. Cause if I change my mind later, I can do that. And you'll still, we'll, we can still be cool. You will still trust me as a human. Like you lose trust for people that cancel at the last minute all the fucking time. I know that cause I was that girl. Nobody wants that. Girl. I was thinking about though, Elizabeth, like thinking about human design a little bit when it comes to making those decisions, like thinking yeah. about what you taught us a little bit about that. Cause I feel like for me, it's like, I'm that emotional decision maker though, me where too. sometimes I'll just like the, emo I'll just like make the decision real quick or not. Like, are you the opposite where you no, think about it? We're actually, if you're, I can't remember, Katisha, I'll have to look at yours, but if you're an emotional, you actually are supposed to take 24 to 48 hours to think Correct. about it. Yeah. But I don't, I didn't live into that for so long. I didn't I would just to. like make a decision right away. Like when I didn't step into it and then I'd get myself in predicaments where I'd double book mm -hmm. or not mm -hmm. want to be there. But you know what I use my kids to get out? I hope no, they're not listening, but I have family functions. Mm. <laughs> I'm like, oh, someone's, someone's sick. <laughs> Oh, I'm going to this birthday party for my family. <laughs> I've only done that a couple of times or like, but we really were sick on Christmas. Like, you know, Kanisha, that's okay. Um, <laughs> I think everybody does that. Okay. So then I'm curious how many I, I have, but mine's a little bit different because my family is not here. Like obviously my parents aren't alive, but um, I can't remember if I've, if we've done it to our in-laws, Charmaine and Brooke, have you guys used that excuse with your, <laughs> with your family? So for me, it was true. My oldest son was always sick. 
like it was always seizures. So whenever I would say, most of the time for events, if I said somebody was sick, it normally meant my son had a seizure. Where it came into being hairy is that although he'd had the seizure, he was fine now. My husband was home and I could have went. <laughs> but the fact was that he did like get sick the day before or maybe that that morning or something like that. Like nothing was nothing was ever too like serious to where if I had something planned that I couldn't have left. But a lot of the times I just like I needed to get out, but I didn't. You know, there was there's something about having a child with high medical needs that you need to get out, but you don't because you feel like you're going to miss something. Mm. So that was my story. Yeah. How can people best support people with kids with special needs in that capacity? At the time, what I really needed was respite from someone that was qualified to be with someone that was having seizures. And getting respite in the state of Michigan, and from what I've heard in all other states, like Florida, the waiting list is in like years, insane. So the biggest support, like if you if you aren't willing or able to like say, you know, get out of the house and we'll stay here like with the child, a meal is everything. Taking the other kids. Like if you know that that individual has other kids, taking the other kids and allowing them to have an experience outside of the house of that high medical needs individual is like everything because we feel guilty about that. We feel guilty that we can't take our other kids to other experiences because we are, we're kind of, for lack of a better word, we're stuck with this kid who cannot, you know, do X, Y, and Z or interact. Like that would have been heaven. Like, hey. I'll take, you know, let me, let me still take the other two kids. Let me still like do this. And I understand that people don't always have the bandwidth for that, but that's a godsend. Um, what's another one? Yeah. Like I, I had eventually got like parents that would like take the other kids to school, like when he was six. So I didn't have to drag him out the house and then drive the other kids to school. So like, if you have a, a mom friend who has a child that has like special needs or like high medical needs, Doing things with the other two kids is would like make her to me in my per, would make her world like just <sighs> because you always feel like you're ignoring the other two. And if they can at least have some experiences, then at least you feel like, OK, I'm not fucking this whole thing up. I'm at least able to find them other experiences. So. Mm, I love that. I was thinking about that. Like, how can we support? Because I've never thought about that. Even when you were talking about being a high sensory mom, I've I've never considered that because I love being around people and all the things. Brooke, you were about to say something. I was just, I, I think that was such a good question to ask. Like how, if something gets canceled, right? Due to a child who's immunocompromised or high needs or special needs or whatever it is, like how to still create that connection. Cause I think that's kind of what we were talking about. Like this whole overarching thing of this topic is missing out, right? Like making these plans and then missing out and friendships, not necessarily suffering, but like yeah. stalling, if that makes more sense. And like one, I, one time, no, it was this past weekend. 
we were supposed to have people, well, we were going to have Elizabeth and her family over on Friday. And then we were supposed to have um, some other friends and their family over on Saturday. And I hadn't seen this friend in a really long time. And she is working a really high stress job. And I like had this huge plan to like do this special thing for her. And um, <clears throat> she like had her family FaceTime us. And it was just really, really sweet like right around the time that they were supposed to come over. And I was like, Oh, and like, I got to talk to her daughters and I haven't seen them in a while. And like the kids kind of passed the phone around and I was like, Oh, like that feels really good. You know, like we couldn't see them because our daughter was sick, but there was still that like connection point. So are there things that we can do during our season of broken dreams, you know, that still feels like connecting. That's still a way to say like, this sucks. And like, I'm still here. You know, like I'm still your friend, like we can still connect in other ways. What would that look like? I love that. Just that reminder that maybe they're not like Brooke, you were like, what, how many people have canceled because they're using their kids as an excuse? (laughs) But like, well, then they suck. They do suck. Yeah. But like, what can we do for the (laughs) Charmaine? (laughs) But what can we do for one another now? Yeah, right. You you've doing the work, girl. You've done the work. I'm healed. But just that <laughs> reminder, what we can do for one another when our kids are sick or different things like that, just even asking if they need anything, I think is a huge piece. And then also reminding us as moms, like stop committing to things you do not want to do. Can we just talk about that? Stop Repeat committing. That. Just stop committing to things that you don't want to do. Like Yes. Stop committing and, or give yourself like Charmaine. I love what you said, how it's like, say no, if you don't know if you want to do it or can do it, and then you can always come back to it and decide that you want to do it. And I think that that's a huge reminder here is just, just wait and respond. But, um, all right, well, I'm sure there's plenty of other things we can talk about, but just leaving you guys with some nuggets and, how you can still support your friends or, you know, I love what you said, Brooke, about your friend who FaceTimed you. Also, I'm sorry, I did not think to do that, but I, that's a great reminder. And I will be doing that in the future. (laughs) I was literally like, if I share this, she's going to say something. (laughs) Um, Excuse me, friend that did that. Okay. Um. Yeah. So this other friend that I had plans with, still cared about our relationship. Oh my <laughs> shade. I know. Uh, but it's a good reminder. Like I would love to hear from other people. Maybe you guys can leave us a review or you can DM us and let us know, give us some other ideas on ways we can still stay connected as we enter or are in the season of broken dreams as our <laughs> kids are sick. I like, and please do not send sickness my way. You know, I, no, you don't care about that people have sniffles. Like, so yeah, I normally we're, don't we're coming over. And I'm coming over. You guys, okay. I told you this before we started. In the 80s, my mom, I had, if this video makes it on here, my eye lash. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, my parents, my mother decided, you know, this is back in the day when chicken pox parties were all the rage in the late 80s, early 90s. Yeah. And thank you, mom, for that. Um, so yeah, you know, I just, if your kids are sick, let's just, they go to school already. They're going to get sick. So I just still want, I still want to see you. So just come on over as long as you're not vomiting. That's the only thing I'm sorry. You have to stay home. 
Yeah, I'm uh, on Elizabeth's train. I, <laughs> I don't care. No fever, no vomiting. I don't, I don't do on. puke. If you had the stomach flu the day before, I mm-hmm. please do not come over the next day because that is one thing. I'm the worst puker. Like, just you, my family will hate you for forever. So I'll be crying <laughs> in the toilet. But, anyways, you know, these are great ones. And if you guys can think of anything else or have any comments, please jump into our DMs. Let us know. Leave us a review. Just just reach out to us. We want to hear from you for the love. I love every single week when people drop into our DMs and share something that resonated with them or they text us or it could be anywhere, but it's so cool to witness the things that really affected you. I always screenshot them, take a screenshot of them and share them in our group because we love them and how much they resonate with you. And even if you you have topic ideas, send those to us too, because every week we're scanning, like, what do we see on social? What we see other moms talking about, you know, what, what's really circulating and what you need validation in or to be seen in or heard in, because this is obviously, this is happening for moms everywhere where our kids are getting sick and we're scared that we're showing up places, infecting other people's kids or heaven forbid we have COVID. Everyone's like, it's not COVID. I promise I don't have COVID, but COVID (laughs) has become the next flu or cold or things like that. But I do think it's gotten weird since COVID where you're constantly worried what other people are thinking, or if you're showing up somewhere and your kid has the sniffles and other moms are like, how dare you bring your child into this? And you're like, I just need to live. I just need to live. So can we all just be in solidarity? No one's trying to infect anyone's kids intentionally. Okay. We're just out trying to live our best lives, trying to be social beings, trying to not live. And do you, it's a Sturgeon General put out a thing that loneliness is an, is an epidemic. You guys, we cannot be stuck yeah. in the home with our kids. So if you see us out and we have a runny nose kid, just say, I see you. It <laughs> sucks in solidarity, sister. I stand with you. <laughs> And hand the mom a Kleenex if the kid's nose is running and don't give the stank eye. Yeah. Help out. She needs some help for crying out loud. That kid's probably been sick for God knows how long. And if your kid goes to a daycare, their their nose is always a faucet and you're showing up at daycare and boogers just out every kid's nose. So just understand that every other woman is, every other mom is walking the same path as you and just be nice to her because that's going to be your kid next. Okay. So we hope that you are having the most amazing holiday season. And if you are in the season of broken dreams, we love you. We are here for you. We'll think of the hunger games and the sign. We are with you. Okay. Until next week, we hope you have the best time listening to this. Okay. Bye. Bye.